podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of a Celtic State of Mind that is the Lunchtime Bulletin. I'm Colin Watt and I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host today, Amy Canavan. Amy, how are you doing? I'm alright, Colin, how are you? You've got a fancy new mic today, haven't you? <laughs> a bit of investment in the, the mic. Heard a couple of people saying that the audio was a bit off, so let's see how this goes. Um, we're going to get into some of the talking points that have come up over the last 24 hours at Celtic, um, including what we see here in the uh, the main headline which has been put out, don't drag Celtic into this weekend's shameful scenes. Um, yeah, so we'll be discussing that. Um, we'll also be discussing the um, Celtic Trust's statement that came out with their proposal for the the shares. Um, and also, just want to take this opportunity um, to put out a, a message just in memory of Tommy Gamble. It is four years today since Tommy Gamble's funeral. Um, and it's a, a sad loss to the Celtic fan base, the Celtic family. Um, do, looking back on it, it was four years ago now. It seems as if that time's absolutely flew by. And these uh, these Lisbon lines, there's not many of them left. We've got to make the most of them whilst they're still alive. Yeah, absolutely. You just you love seeing them back at Celtic Park. You really do. Um, yeah, I remember it. I remember being at school at the time, actually, and there was me and, <laughs> funnily enough, even at a Catholic school, there wasn't that many Celtic fans through here. Um, so it was, um, yeah, there was just a few of us, and I, I, I generally remember the morning, and it was sad. So, yeah, you're spot on, like you say, it's great to see um, any, any Elizabeth lying back at Celtic Park, and hopefully when we're all back, they'll just be back as well. Fantastic player, scoring in two European finals. What a man, um, and a sad loss to the Celtic family. So, four years on to from the day of his funeral, it's a, a rest in peace to Tommy Gamble. Um, and also, before we get going, I just wanted to give you a big um, congratulations for the interviews that you have carried out this week. Mark Wilson on Sunday um, on the Soccer Supernova, and then also um, you were joined by Laura and by Natasha for International Women's Day. How did that go? Yeah, it was really good. Um, I think we all had a little bit of, I don't want to speak for the girls, but I think there was a little bit of trepidation going into it. Um, but, you know, 99% was fantastic and the response was great. And we had a great time. I think the hour really flew in. Um, I think you really, you see the difference already being back with three people instead of two. I'm like, because oh, I get sick of my own voice. But um, no, it was, like you say, it was just probably fell on the worst possible day, worst possible Monday um, for us to jump on. But, you know, we dealt with it well and the comments were great. So, no, it, it do you know what? It just shouldn't just need to be on International Women's Day. The three of us should be able to jump on any panel any day. Um, and it shouldn't need to be made a big deal. Um, I think Natasha highlighted it yesterday as well. There's just there's no need for the comments who who looks the best, who looks the worst, who speaks the best, who speaks the worst. At the end of the day, we should all just be able to jump on if it be with you, if it be with Laura, Natasha, if it be with Paul. 
it, it doesn't matter. You and I will disagree, and me and Laura will disagree. It really doesn't matter. So, and just bringing up one of the comments here, there's a lot of people coming in saying that he did very well and it was a great show. Um, and just Bernadette coming in saying Monday show was great. The women are a big part of a Celtic state of mind. That they are, and as you said, it doesn't just take International Women's Day. You, you girls have been part of these shows now for months and months, and it's always been a thing here at Celtic State of Mind to get as much involvement, not just from males and females, but from people from all kind of walks of life. Um, and we're absolutely uh, delighted to have you um, as part of the show. And Monday's show, yeah, you're right, the, the timing probably wasn't the best um, considering what happened. Um, but it was an important thing and it was important that you got the chance to do it. Um, and I'm sure it's something that we'll see going forward. Um, is not just on International Women's Day, but for many times um, going forward to come. So... Absolutely. Moving on to the big talking point that has been on social media, and it is not the Harry and Meghan interview. It is the tweet that came out from Celtic last night, um, and it was it was quite an interesting um, tweet because there wasn't a lot of context to it at first. When you saw um, the tweet at first, what was your first opinions? So I think I was. I think maybe like most I thought it would maybe been hacked um, <laughs> I just I really did I was sort of like oh this can't be true I think somebody fired it into the group chat um, which is not just a Celtic group chat um, ones I've got with the uni boys um, and I was like oh very good this is one of them having a laugh it was like I think a few weeks ago remember the Steve Clark tweet was sent out mm-hmm. um, and it was yep. a part of the account I was like oh of course it is it's one of those um, and then you sort of look at it and then I think everyone's got that little bit of oh, a bit of time. It's a bit. It's good that we've got a bit of a statement going. But and that is a brilliant tweet. It's actually, but it's quite comedic for Celtic. And you're like, my God, we're used to wishing a player who's played five times during the noughties a, a happy birthday. So it's a bit odd to actually be making like a statement like this. Um, and then you sort of just take a step back and go, it's a bit a little too late. I think there's a there's a lot of emotions going around now. Um, and it's just one of those ones that I really am like, why? So why is it only took for this to now cause a statement like this? What about for the last since twenty twelve? Why? Why is it took until now? Um, so I think it's a little bit an odd one, if I'm honest. But I guess it's, it's injected a little bit of a little bit of oomph, probably that the club's been lacking, and hey, it's not a happy birthday post, so we really can't complain. And to be honest, it's the only post that Celtic have made in the last 24 hours. Despite the fact, I believe it's Chris Sutton's birthday today. They've not even I wished know. him a happy <laughs> birthday. Um, so I, I wonder if they will wish him a happy birthday. But yeah, the, the question, kind of, when I seen it at first, I'm like, what, you what is this about? You didn't have a clue. <laughs> I didn't have a clue. I generally didn't have a clue. But then I wasn't aware of yep. what the context of it was. Again, it wasn't until later on. Unless you really knew um, Park's statement, and like if you've been working all day, or just or you just actually don't look at that side of of matters, um, and as well, like it wasn't like not a lot of outlets had actually highlighted it. I think there was just certain newspapers, newspapers that we probably don't really read, but and that's how it all. That's the only reason that I made the connection as well. But um, I, you sent me a message going, "Sorry, what's going on?" So <laughs> I, I generally didn't know at first, but then for anyone that hasn't seen it, the the context of this comes from the state, the letter that was sent from Douglas Park to the first minister regarding the kind of instance that we've seen on Saturday and Sunday, um, and it is one particular line that seems to have um, kind of annoyed. The, the hierarchy at Celtic and it says due to the behaviour of the other half of the old firm outside Parkhead in December so for anyone that hasn't clicked yet that's exactly what Celtic were referencing in the tweet which put out basically saying Celtic Football Club statement we're not half of anything with the kind of eyes rolling emoji um, not our problem hashtag one club since 1888 now <sighs> This one club since 1888 is actually something that Celtic have actively promoted in the past. This wasn't just something that um, came out because of today or yesterday even. It's been out since, I think it's 2018, the first time they started talking about that. And I I took a look up at it. um, And basically the idea was it was used as a marketing video to sell the season tickets in 2018, 2019. Um, about the whole one club since 1888 thing um, but yeah, for me it's a positive step 
but it it kind of goes against everything that I've seen from the board this season. What what did it take for them to yeah. like come out and say something? It's as if they get wound up, they've had enough, and that's it. They they kind of they come back at them now. It's just it's petty between both teams, right? It's petty that Rangers can't say Celtic and this whole kind of one club thing. It's not a professional statement, right? You've got to say no. that. Um, I, I expect Celtic to follow up on it. I think they have to follow up on it. Otherwise, it's just a sort of um, like a tit-a-tat between the two teams. Um, and there's a lot of people coming in with some good comments. It's like Douglas Park sent this uh, letter to the First Minister. Celtic still use Park's coaches. And I think they take, according to Celtic anyway, six coaches up to Ross County. So they're still funding his, one of his businesses whilst coming out and saying, well, uh, call us Celtic or we're not part of the old forum. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I don't really get that side of things. Surely if Celtic don't want any association with them, then they should start looking for another bus company as well. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, I'm tied back on it on Monday. I can't. Or oh, we're talking about guard honor on Monday. That's so what the whole the tweet. It sort of it gives that vibe that it's like don't lower yourself to their standards because you mentioned there. So it's that tip for a tat. Celtic uh, Rangers, sorry, can't say Celtic and and, and Celtic obviously retaliate the way that um, they do. And it's that whole like don't sink to their standards. And I understand the tweet is appeasing fans. Of course it is. But again, though, I think you've got once the the initial sort of shock and maybe jubilance that that tweet's been sent out you've got to take that step back and go well, why is it now so you can communicate with us but you still can't communicate with fans you still can't um, communicate you know like even the whole thing with Lennon like yeah obviously that, that um, chapter is done but the whole communication up until that process the whole communication now still looking for the coach it's the lack of communication is still there and it has still been prevalent all season so why is it now on the back of the statement yesterday that now a tweet comes out and that's the communication so yep fantastic that's a great tweet but where's been the, re- the rest of the communication this season yeah and then if you take a look at it to me it's not an official statement you see it posted on Twitter you see it posted on Facebook but there's nothing on the club's website this was a, a simple reaction get people talking about it um, try and get some good grace with fans that have really had trouble communicating with this season um, if you take a look at Celtic social media over the whole season, um, until Neil Lennon was um, mutually um, released from his contract, it, it just used to be pictures of Neil Lennon with a red cross through it, yeah. basically to remove him. And there was ones with Jenny McCulloch and Ryan Christie and loads of different ones. This is the first one you've seen quite a positive response back to. Um, and it is, it's almost a kind of, let's try and get the fans back on side. At, at first, like a... Well, that that's the big alarm bell. How far away is the season tickets? We did say it's going to take a massive PR campaign to try and convince a lot of fans that have been really turned away from the club this season. Do you think that is the first step? You, you'd think so. Um, like you say, the timing of this, what else is there? Because these, you know, I mean, they've said stuff all season. Um, and even the whole weekend, they, Celtic could have came out and said something on Friday. They could have came out and said something on Saturday. This is before the league's even done. Obviously, someday I understand keeping a little bit quiet. But again, if you're going through that, though, you look at all of this, there's 55 all they've plastered is 55 everywhere if you want to then go off this sort of mantra and say we're not part of anything because ultimately that is gone and that is dead then call out the 55 0 plus 1 doesn't make 55 so if you want to if, you, if you're going to continue down that stream you've got to sort of jump into it with two feet and if not then like I say it's just it looks like it is trying to appease fans in my eyes yeah and just the, the, the point you're sort of making there um, the, the zero plus one's fifty-five. That that is going on the the Rangers liquidation storyline, yeah. and that's what's and that kind of takes us on to the next part of this, and it's the response that we've seen from certain people um, saying basically, well, Celtic have renewed the um, the trademark for the term old firm. Yeah. So that, yeah. what what does Celtic genuinely believe? Now everybody's got their own opinions on whether. Rangers are still the same club whether they've bought the history whether they're a new club whether they're and you see it in the comments all the time they're, they're Sevco they're this or that they're the next thing right it's it doesn't take kind of any sort of like you, can, you don't have to not say the word Rangers 
they, yeah. they are Rangers, right? Whatever form they're in, whatever you want to believe that they're in, the team is called Rangers, right? And we're called Celtic. So when you're saying the statements, this other half of the old firm or this team from the other side of Glasgow, just name them. It's a lot easier to say Celtic and Rangers. People know what you're talking about. But when it comes down to the, the old firm trademark thing, Celtic said, and I think it was the the kind of last Glasgow derby around about the time that Rangers were in administration going through into liquidation, um, that that was the last of our old firm game. Now, that was something that they promoted that was within the the programme that day. It was part of the campaign that they put out when they were advertising the kind of clips of the game. This was the last ever old firm. And since Rangers have been in the Premier League, it's never been referred to as an old firm. It's always been referred to as a Glasgow derby. So when you take a look at it and you see the fact that they're now trademarking, and only just done it, I believe it was the other day, the trademark, yeah. the, the term old firm, it's a commercial thing from Celtic. It's all about making money. If someone's going to make money off the fact that people will still call the Celtic and Rangers derby the old firm, Celtic want to make the money off it. Whether Celtic call it the old firm or not, other places will. You see it on Sky. Sky mentioned it all the time. It's the old firm derby. So if they're going to make money off of it, Celtic's going to want to make money off it as well. They just don't have to refer to it as that. They can have their own beliefs but still continue to make the money. It's just like you say, it's just a little bit tit for tat, it really is. Um, and it is just like, just don't lower yourselves, as you say, just... It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. We all we all have our own opinions and we all have our own views. We all know what happened in 2012, we really do. Um, and there's no point, we're nearly 10 years on from this, there is really no point in keep going back. Nobody is... Every, nobody's not now going to start just calling it Glasgow Derby or start calling them the Rangers or whatever in God's name they are but we all deep down know what happened but for now like you say that the pettiness I think has to go because like you say you just got to call them Rangers and they just got to call us Celtic mm-hmm. it's it's so much easier to do that uh, the, the whole kind of dancing round a word like people know them as that just call them that doesn't matter whether you believe it or not it's just the easier thing to say um but yeah what do you expect to be the follow-up from this do you think Celtic will come out with a, fo- a follow-up statement or is this the last we'll hear of this matter i am definitely still waiting for the sorry we have been hacked um <laughs> i uh, i don't know i really don't I, for chris Sutton's sake i really do hope that he gets a, a birthday tweet i really do um and then that'll i think 
I, I think that will probably be the end of it. I don't actually see anything continuing. Um, I think they were maybe looking for a bit of a bite from Rangers, and I don't think that they got that unless maybe they did. But it's just one of those. I just think it was like right that's a wee kick. We're still here. We're still listening. And like you say, get the fans on side, but it'll be interesting in the coming weeks. I think it'll be interesting as well, depending on if the game goes ahead. There'll be a lot going up to that, but it, I think it, it will, a statement will reflect matters taken out of our hands. So if Sturgeon says something else or Park says something else, and I think it, it'll just be whoever's the admin that day on social media, if there's a response or not. Because like I say, this was, I think the fact that so many of us we're sort of under that impression that oh, we've been hacked. Just shows you how surprising this is and how unCeltic this is. That a little bit of fight has been shown and a little bit of a bit of acknowledgement of the, the fans' um, attitude and and just sort of like right, the fans are there. Like it just sort of seems a bit odd that they are actually reflecting probably what the majority of fans feel and, and see. So I don't know. What do you think? I'd be surprised to see a follow-up statement on this. It does feel as if it's just a throwaway comment. It's a, we know there's so many people on social media, we're going to try and get them back on side. We know the way it's been this season. We do have season tickets coming out soon. Um, and do you know what? That's that's fine. If that's the tactic they want to do, that's fine. It will split the opinion base. There'll be a lot of people that says, well, that's, that's not anywhere near enough. We want you to follow up on it. You've seen it. There's always a, a heavy, heavy support behind the idea of um, publishing the five-way agreement, publishing things about Resolution 12, and you see the people that actively support that, and you'll get Celtic fans that also don't support um, as heavily the, the publication of these things. They just want to concentrate on matters on the park, um, and you, you get it. It's a, a bit of a... It depends on what your beliefs are on that, and it will split the fan base. Um, so for me I don't think there'll be a follow up to this um, the only thing that I think would bring up a follow up to it is if the game on the 20 is it the 21st yeah the 21st, 21st yeah. yeah if that game doesn't go ahead if that game doesn't go ahead then I assume there will be a follow up to that because at this point has Celtic done anything in the last couple of weeks couple of months to deserve not to be playing that game I don't know what you think on that. No, you see, it is, it's going to totally be different to what happens um, on on the 21st if the game goes ahead or not. I think there was a few things last night that all oh, the game's in doubt and this, what, this next and whatever. But like you say, I think it's going to be the determining factor. It'll, I think the worst thing is that there's actually that long a break for Celtic until the game. Um, mm-hmm. the Rangers are in Europe but there's just that long wait it's pretty agonising and it'll just like you say it'll be interesting if anything is said but I don't I don't see anything happening because as you say you mentioned that they're kept quiet on Resolution 12 mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't it's not a typical Celtic thing to do this statement no. isn't something that we normally do um, but yeah I, honestly if the game doesn't go ahead on the 21st I, I genuinely expect a statement to be made um, and I expect something to some sort of action to be taken by the board um, I, I don't know what your thoughts are but for me if the game doesn't go ahead I don't think there's anything that can suggest that it's Celtic's fault for the game not to go ahead um, I would be expecting us to claim the points I would be looking for us to take the points for that game you'd, you'd like to think so like you say there's nothing immediately like we all know the Dubai fiasco but we paid the price for that we really did so there's nothing there's nothing that Celtic have done recently that that shows that it's anyone at the club's fault if the game doesn't go ahead. Like that's just a matter of fact. I think as well now is there is there something maybe happening with their COVID five? Are they actually maybe getting looked into now? Um, I genuinely couldn't tell you. I think I'm sure I maybe seen something about that last night. But funny, obviously the Tavernier's out and the boy Patterson manages to play, and now they're, they're now it's getting looked into. But there we go. It's by the by. There's been a catalogue of mistakes from them in recent times, uh, uh, from Rangers in recent times, and there has been. So it will be interesting to see what happens if the game goes ahead but as you say then the points will be taken but at this point that's that doesn't really matter does it us to get the points like obviously it's a statement as you say it's making the statement that we're right there they're in the wrong but it's just you just want to give me football to be honest don't you yeah I mean if we go back to the football um, and taking a look back at Sunday's game obviously you gave your comments on Monday on the show Um, honestly for me I, I found it quite an 
entertaining watch for the first sort of 60, 65, maybe even 70 minutes. A lot of chances, a lot of different play were kind of um, moving at a much faster speed. Everyone was wanting to get on the ball. We're creating chances. The, the problem was the chances that we're creating were either from distance or they were straight at the goalkeeper. Um, and then as the game sort of got towards the last third, probably, you just knew that Celtic's fitness was starting to come into it. They weren't creating the same amount of chances. The substitutions that were brought on didn't really do anything to sort of spark any sort of energy back into the team. And it just kind of felt from probably about the 75th minute onwards, as like, this game's just going to a draw, that's it. It's almost like a kind of end-of-season game from that point on. Um, just going back to it, what was your thoughts watching the game? At what point did you realise that we just weren't going to pick up the three points? I think pretty early on in the second half, if I'm honest, it was just to be honest, like like you're mentioning all those chances. What was it? Was it 26 something like that? But yeah, 26, 27. And they're they're from 25 yards out, and I don't know what you actually determine as a chance. And you look as well. The keeper actually, the keeper made good save, but he didn't really make a save that you, you wouldn't expect them to make. Mm-hmm. Um, like either he was called upon absolutely but was there really one that you go right he's really done well there not really no. I mean he's he's a goalkeeper in the premiership he has to be of a decent standard and, and he just he done his job there was nothing really that Celtic looked like hey, this is it's now going to happen there was obviously there was a few few chances at headers I thought that was actually one thing we, we were actually right in the air the other day which mm-hmm. is quite surprising I don't think that we're very strong there at all even when you look at the height in our squad um with with Ayer and Welsh and I thought maybe they had the best chances. Um Ellie Nussi as well had a had a few, but none really looked like that little clinical edge um and and that sort of like gut gut instinct that he thought he could score. I think like it's just like what happens back down to the attitude. You look at the attitude as well. It's all about a runabout. But you look at um Kennedy's attitude when making substitutions. The substitutions yet again did not make sense. It was mm-hmm. carbon copy of Neil Lennon. Like we'll mm-hmm. bring on Lee Griffiths with so we've got a league title to try and save. We've got nine in a row, going for ten in a row to try and save him. Bring on league. I don't care if Lee Griffiths is not seventy-five percent fit, or if he's only had however many minutes and however many games. He's still Lee Griffiths, and he is still a striker, and he is still a proven goal scorer. Get him mm-hmm. on the park. He is better on the park than sitting on the bench. And you bring him on with five minutes to go, and you expect him to inject a little bit of magic. Like give the boy a chance. Um, so you just, like I say, you just look at Kennedy's attitude and I just think a lot of it is a carbon copy of Lennon and probably that's maybe when, I know I said the start of the second half, maybe that's when I thought it was done, the first substitution. You're thinking, nah, he's not actually really that fussed for it and neither are the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I, I thought watching it, there was players that were really trying, really, really trying hard. I mean, Elanusi couldn't have had any more shots on target or shots off target. He was really giving it a, a go. The substitutions, you're probably right. The fact that we still only use three substitutions when you can use five for a start and the strikers sitting on the bench, it was almost as if we were reluctant to change the formation. Uh, we were kind of going with this and this is the way we were going to go. Um, the substitutions that came on as well, <sighs> taking Turnbull off after 60 minutes, I, I don't know. I, I thought he wasn't having a great game, but you still know that you can have that sort of creative spark that will set up a chance um, and the substitution I think it was him for Rogic that, that took a pace out of the midfield I don't think Rogic's quite up to, to speed in, in comparing him to David Turnbull um, but it was just a it was a, an interesting game to watch but as it got towards the end it just got harder and harder because you just knew that the game was kind of petering out to a 0-0 draw and um, I think if they were still playing they probably wouldn't have scored the way we were up front on on Sunday but now you've got a sort of two week break before you go in to play the game against Rangers was there anyone that started that game that you think is definitely in line for a start next is it next Saturday next Sunday whatever next day it is Sunday. I honestly don't have a clue um, just going back there's a lot of comments coming in that Griffiths is this Griffiths is that at the end of the day you can, you can see what you want but maybe I'm probably a little bit naive and I'm still too much in his camp but I do just think hey, everything that he's done over the past however many years he's been here well, it's 13, 14 he signed something like that um, you can see he's a, a wage thief that's coming in and all that, but he is a striker right go back now you'll remember better than me Colin when the invincible run was 
overcoming any of them against Hearts. What did mm-hmm. we get beat by Hearts? 4-0, four four something nil. like that. 4-0. Four 4-0, nil. Four yeah. nil, right? See, what were we? 2-0, nil, 3-0 nil down, and Brendan Rodgers stuffed the system, and there was about four strikers on the pitch at that time, mm-hmm. if I'm right. Like, honestly, forget the system. Like you're saying, chuck everything at it. Chuck everything in the kitchen towel at this. And that's why I'm saying bring on Griffiths. Just show, and it's not even, it's, I'm not even really talking about Griffiths, I'm talking about Kennedy in that sense. Just chuck everything at it. Make it look like that you really are caring and that you really are trying to defend this 10, defend any sort of dignity until the last second. Like, see, you go back to that, and Rogers, he had to put like four strikers on him. I don't even know if there was probably. I can't even remember what sort of system you're looking at there. If there was maybe one midfielder and it was Scott Brown or something like that, the, the system doesn't matter. You just chuck everything at it because at that point, it was just the attitude was not there and it was non existent. And I touched on it um, what day, Monday. This isn't the biggest thing, was, and I'll ask you about this as well. Afterwards, there was no sort of, there was not enough hurt for me. Mm-hmm. They're not bowing down to their knees. And I think maybe Laura highlighted it and she's spot on. Um, Ayer was the only one who looked slightly like he, he looked devastated he's the only one who showed the slightest bit of emotion the rest of them they weren't really falling to their knees now I, maybe they have had they had accepted that the league was done and that is absolutely fine but don't act like it is maybe deep inside you've, you've decided that the league's done but don't show it to the fans that really you, you threw the kitchen sink in it whenever in January after Dubai after the Rangers game show until the last minute that you at least look a little bit fussed Mm-hmm. The, the, the attitude yet yeah, again for the whole game on Sunday I would say was, was the issue I think when you look at it at different points this season that attitude's been there that attitude of just giving up um, I, I kind of go back to maybe performances against Ross County against St Mirren we just it's as if they, they, they were stuck in first gear they really couldn't get out of it um, and it became desperation at times you take a look at some shots like maybe um, the, the game against St Mirren Ryan Christie fired one over from about 30 yards and it was almost getting into the top tier um, it's, it's performances like that is a complete frustration I think from the players um, of how the seasons went but I think they gave up on this a couple of weeks ago Dundee United there at the weekend was just that's it confirmed I think they knew weeks and weeks ago and you've seen it in the performances since that it's just been a case of like let's get through to the, the the end of the season. The players that are going to move on, they're already thinking of their next move. The ones that are trying to win a contract are, are kind of weighing it up whether it's worth staying at the club for another year. For me, Sunday was the the end of the era. That's it. It's done. Um, and the rebuild should start as soon as possible from now. Um, there's a lot to rebuild. There's not just a squad there. You've got to rebuild a management team. You've got to rebuild the trust from the supporters as well, from the way that you've treated them this year. Um, I think if you take a look at the way that the fans were at the start of the season, the optimism going into the season, and then just the complete kind of lack of response from the club all season, it's really it's soured fans' thoughts. You look at things like the, the virtual season ticket, um, and fans are paying £600-£700 for a season ticket to get a service which is of lesser quality than what fans overseas can subscribe to for about £150 a year. And we're going to touch on that in a minute about the added value, but it's, there's been such a disconnect between the club and the fans this season. And with the season ticket renewals probably coming out within the next few weeks, things like that statement yesterday, things like getting a proper management team in place for next season, that has to be a priority. And... I'm expecting the club to at least do something before the Rangers game to try and get the fans back on side, whether that be an appointment of a director of football, a sporting director, or even a manager, whether it be that he doesn't come in until the summer or if he's just appointed for that game. Now is the time to try and get back in the good grace of the Celtic fans. Absolutely. You see, it has to happen now. What's the point of waiting until the summer? There's also no need to wait until the summer. Um like you see, it can, the manager can be appointed and he doesn't come in until until the 1st of July or whatever it may be. But the announcement can be made and the appointment can be made. Something needs to happen, like you say, to get fans back on side. And what's better time than now? There's like there's no need to wait. There really isn't. And I think uh, they were speaking about it on yesterday's bulletin, um, the idea about John Collins perhaps coming back into the 
the um, the kind of structure at Celtic. What's your thoughts on that? It's an odd one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> the passing, the moving, the tempo. Not, oh, not fancy that coming imagine, back in. Can you imagine? Um, I've always been a little bit dubious about the whole director of football thing. Anyway, I, do, I think maybe now is the time you're looking at. Um, it's not a director of football, is it? Football a director that um, Darren, Fer- uh, Darren Ferguson, Darren Fletcher has just been appointed at Man United. Maybe that's something. It's something a little bit different. The wording's definitely not director of football. I think it's football director. But you're looking at something like Fletcher who. Who, who reads the game so well and who, who read the game so well as, as a player um, that's the sort of guy that Celtic need and I don't think John Collins is that man I think right now he maybe needs to just stay away a little bit from Celtic um, what he done for the club as a player absolutely but I think there's still a little bit of eeriness with some fans after after everything with Dylan there was just a little bit of an odd sense of of what Collins has said in the past and there's I just don't really think that he's the right guy I don't know about you but I certainly don't No I think that is not the kind of direction you want to be taking the club in um, yeah. there's I mean someone that's been there before um, some of the people just coming in saying that he's been appointed as a technical director at um, Man United I, there's always that thing about people when they leave a club it's like bringing them back the second time round it's just not as good you don't get the same out of them. Now, a couple of people can maybe say that's not the case. You take a look at Fraser Foster. He's been there, like, what, four times now at Celtic? Um, and every time, he's just as good as what he was before. Um, his last period at Celtic was probably the best that he's had at the club. Um, but for me, John Collins, was he a great footballer? Yes, he was at Celtic. Was he a great assistant coach alongside Ronnie Dyla? I think that's up for debate. Um, I think he annoyed quite a few people behind the scenes and also players at the time as well. Um, and I don't think that helped Ronnie Dyla's scenario. What else would he be doing right now? Uh, you don't see him kind of walking into any sort of job. There's jobs available. The Aberdeen job's there. Should someone like John Collins not be kind of in the running for the Aberdeen job? If he's not even in the running for the Aberdeen job, why would he be put up for the director of football at Celtic? I think Absolutely. it's a complete non-starter. Um and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because obviously we spoke about it yesterday and we weren't on but for me, I don't think he's he's worth even considering no. for this role, I think he's just trying to put his name out there Like you say, if if he had the capabilities and had the, the CV and the right attitude to, to, to become a, a director of football at Celtic then he probably would have been swiped uh, up long before now by any other club, like you say, there's the Aberdeen job there was the Dundee United job in the summer there's been a few there's been a few decent jobs kicking about, especially up here, that he, that he could have went for Ross County not too long ago. Um, mm-hmm. So like you say, he's, he's more a pundit now, it seems. And if that's the case, then that's the case. So like you say, I think it is a non-starter. And you want him to look at somebody a little bit younger, a little bit fresher, um, who sees the game moving forward, maybe not somebody who played in the, in the 90s. And like you say, maybe it just doesn't have the football brain of football now because um, it is a different game and you'd like you'd like to see that forward thinking approach um, and I don't know maybe the, the director of football has to be somebody from further afield and, and not so Celtic connected and who brings brighter ideas and maybe it's just a little bit quiet behind the scenes and it'd be quite nice to maybe have somebody in who you don't really know just who does all the work behind the scenes and it's sort of like just that face that you see and, and sometimes it's the best thing the quietness is is, um, is a good thing you take a look at it as well there's also um, a few names that have been discussed on here before and also been discussed by fans on social media Um, guys like David Webb who previously worked with Eddie Howe Um, now he's actually been given interviews with the Glasgow Times the Evening Times whatever it's now called um, and their reporter Mark Hendry um, kind of speaking about the time that he's worked with Howe before some of the things that he's brought in do you think when guys like this are talking to the media um, and we've seen it before with guys like Mark Hughes has been on this podcast alongside uh, Mark Bowen, David Webb's been interviewed by the papers does that mean they're basically not in the running? Because surely if you were really in the running for the job would you really be discussing that with the media right now? I don't know, it's an odd one, everyone sort of deals with it differently um, it's quite a big question, I'm trying to think maybe somebody that, um, that, that done so spoke to the media and then got the job but 
think it, it's, it's changing times, isn't it? I don't think you can really read into it too much. Um, maybe some feel that they need to, if they, if they put themselves out there and you can sort of read the response to, to an interview or to a podcast or to, to speaking to a newspaper, then you can sort of see how are the fans from said club respecting it um, and receiving it. So I don't know, you could, it's all sort of mind games, it really is. Um, and I guess if you maybe he's he's not really that known in the system up here, he'd hold a wee interview maybe with the evening times, see what the perception's like, and then um, then you can sort of decide that might give him that that edge. Do the fans really want me? Do the fans not want me? But I guess it's a tough one. It really is. And again, it just goes back to the point we're saying that you just want Celtic to start being a bit more proactive. You want them. You want to start seeing actual links with names you want to see that oh well this player's or this person's coming in for an interview you want to see this player's been seen coming into Scotland something like that like you just want to start planning for the future as soon as possible um, and you've got to think that the club were looking at the succession planning going forward um, that they knew Neil Lennon was never going to be there permanently they knew they had to start planning for the next manager coming in um, and now you've got so I think it's like another 10 days now between this and the game on the 21st and then there's like 3 or 4 weeks before the next league game I know you've got the Scottish Cup in there um, but there's like 3 or 4 weeks before the next league game that is a lot of time that Celtic can go and start actually making these plans for the future in that period I would be very very surprised if the season ticket renewal forms didn't come out so could that coincide with the fact that this is the time now to appoint the new manager and the new director of football or whatever route they're going down um, and do you genuinely think that we will see that before the first game after the split what question do I genuinely no I don't I just I don't like see I don't say that I don't see the proactiveness I really don't um, I don't know what you think, but I just just sleeping, uh, sleeping on, behind the wheel, um, and I just I don't see it happening. As much as I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong, I really, really would, but I just don't. I just there's just dead air. I really think so. And then it goes back to something that we were also speaking about earlier was the relationship with the fans and this question over added value. And that segues over to another topic that we were discussing yesterday that we've actually been able to take a bit of a deeper look into over the last 24 hours. And that is the Celtic Trust's uh, statement that came out yesterday. Basically what they were saying is they have proposing um, to the, the Celtic board that they should be issuing fans shares as a way of additional value for next season. Now, there's been a bit of discussion over whether that is additional value or that is in the form of a refund. Um, And you've seen also within that statement that they've come out and said that some hospitality ticket holders were offered a refund, a cash refund, already this season. Now, if you're going to offer a refund to some fans, others are going to want that option to be available to them as well. You've seen what happened last year when the refund offer was put out there not every fan took it some wanted to reinvest it back in the club Um, and that is the idea behind what the Celtic Trust are saying is that if they issue shares to fans instead of um, giving them a refund there's no money coming out from the club it gives fans a greater say in how the club is being run um, and it would be up to the fans as to what to do with their shares. Now, obviously, the Celtic Trust are pushing to get themselves um, with, involved within the club more. I think the, the idea for them is really to um, eventually get a place within the, the board at Celtic um, so that they can have a great say in how the club's been run. You see that with um, the connection with Celtic Shared as well, someone else that's been on a Celtic state of mind. But if you take a look at it, um, Amy, do you really think that fans would go for this proposal to be offered shares as either an additional value or as a refund um, on what they've got back for their season ticket money this year. I don't think you can um, you can take a uh, like a generalised comment there. It is going to be each individual will sort of deal with it differently, and you have some who are who are just are still so dedicated to the club and will put any money in or whatever, and some won't. I think it is. Like you say it's one that I don't think's going to go away anytime soon. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an iffy situation. I feel. 
And if you take a look at the comments that's coming in, and thank you to everyone who is commenting. We are um, live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, Jimbo2167 comes in here saying, David Lowe's Celtic Trust, no thanks. But then if I just scroll down a wee bit more, um, Terry Cassidy's in here saying, it's shares in place of a refund. It's a no-brainer for the board. Now, that just kind of shows you, just taking a look at two comments there, how split some of the fans would be on that. Personally, I don't think I would have any interest in taking shares um, in place of whether it be additional value or a refund for this season. Um, I think it's, for me, it's going to come down to personal opinion on people. Some people will want their money back for this year. Now, Celtic changed the terms and conditions of the season ticket sale this year to say that basically no refunds would be offered, um, which was a change to the previous year, which is why you were entitled to the refund. Looking at the statement from the Celtic Trust, a lot of it comes down to this question over added value. Now, in terms of added value this season, what have you really had as a season ticket holder? You've had a couple of uh, games early on in the the European competitions that you you saw on Celtic TV. You've had this virtual season ticket, which has allowed you to watch the games. Um, And to be honest, the, the quality of it, I mean, we're still, what, we're 30 games into the season and some people couldn't even log in to the Aberdeen game it was off for 15 minutes you still see it every single week that people can't get logged in so the the quality they've had from that has been extremely poor uh, there's a digital match programme every week um, which I'm sure quite a few people um, on here have probably never even accessed so what has been the additional value this season do you think offering fans shares is additional value or is it a refund? Is that additional value? It is, it, is a, it is a tough one. It really is. You look at it and go, wait, see, what have you had? What, or, or you sort of flip the question, what would you prefer instead? Do you think that the way forward needs to be like a discount on next season season tickets? Um, for, for you, what, what would you prefer as getting that additional value, that added value? What do you see? What do you want? For me, I would I would see it as a discount for next season. Um, you take a look at some of the other clubs across the league, um, teams like Motherwell, who have offered their fans back the same amount of games that they missed this season. So that obviously they're not going to get into the grounds between now and the end of the season, which means they're going to be offered basically the full season ticket next year for the price of what they paid this year. Um, and obviously they probably don't have the same outgoing expenses in fact they don't have the same outgoing expenses and there's no problem about it as what Celtic has and Celtic will want to invest heavily this season to try and get the title back off of Rangers so you can see why fans want to put the money back into the club but you're not telling me that every fan that was offered the refund isn't then going to most likely go and spend that again on Celtic whether it be putting it towards their season ticket for next year whether it's going to be putting it towards um, the new strips that are going to come out in the summer, new merchandise, any sort of offer that's there, if you can get the fans back on side, they're going to spend that money that you give them. So if you give them a refund, like I took the refund last year, I think it came in at about £100, but that went towards my season ticket for this year. I'm putting the money back into the club. I think fans would do that. I think fans, if they were offered a discount, whether it be, I don't know, 20% or whatever it is, they'll use that money that they've saved and they'll probably go and buy an additional bit of merchandise. They'll go and buy something else. To me, I I think offering them shares, how many people that's actually within the fan base care about the shares at Celtic Football Club have any involvement of doing any sort of shareholding before? So what what do you do when you get your shares? Here's an account, you're, you're logged on to computer share or whatever it is that you've got the shares registered against and Amy Canavan you have five shares in Celtic you're not going to do anything at all with that so what, what, what value does that offer to you if you were offered five shares for example I don't know how many they're, they're planning to offer or yeah. what it would be but I don't see the value in that I think for me it's the Celtic not. Trust want you to give them the shares so that they can increase their shareholding and that's yeah. my personal opinion yeah, like you see, what are you going to do with the shares sitting there? Um, it's well, how much? How much are they really worth nowadays? It's not, you know, 
back even 20, 30 years ago again, you're looking before like the economic crash, shares were worth something. Shares, and if you had enough, like you, you really could have something in that. But nowadays it's not, they're so, they're so little, they're worth so little as well. It's, um, like you see, the discount and then that, that that's the better approach as you see you get you get that money back and then the, really though that sort of money probably would be going back in the club as you say you're going to buy like a like another top or you buy the away ship or something like that but it's um it's an odd one it really is I just I, I don't see it. and then you've got a lot of season ticket holders that are under the age of 18 as well yeah now by law they're not entitled to hold any shareholding so what happens then is that then passed on to say perhaps their, their guardians or parents or whatever um, what, what what interest would they have in getting shares in the club our supporters club our local supporters club um, invested in the share um, the share portfolio thing when Fergus was looking to, to raise the money for, this, for the club they've got no interest in ever selling that that's an emotional attachment for them they bought those shares because Celtic were in the time of need and that was an emotional investment that they put in the club. Right now, some fans will see it as an emotional attachment to the club to help them get back this league title, to start this next period of domination. But for a lot of fans, I don't think they're, they're that interested in having any shares in the club. Yeah, just, sorry, you, no, you're totally right. You're, like, I'm just, I'm just nodding away. I'm totally agreeing with you, I really am. I'm just looking at some of the comments coming in here, and there's one coming in from... Um, Phil17HG Smith I have 151 shares and they're worth just over £200 shares are not the way to appease fans I, I've got to agree with that I don't see what the value is here what I'd be interested in seeing though is getting someone like David Lowe or Jeanette Finlay or anyone who's involved in the Celtic Trust to come out and actually elaborate on what their plans are for that what, what do they want for these for the fans that are getting shares would they rather that they invested them within the Celtic Trust to increase the fan shareholding within the club? Or would they support them and help them to perhaps get their money back for them shares? Because at the end of the day, they're getting a bit of paper to say that they own a percentage of the club. And a lot of fans will not have a clue what to do with it. Yeah, like you see, you, you really are spot on. And it's one of these ones that I don't think is going to go away anytime soon, but it's, um, it's certainly not the... The most pleasing topic to be talking about right now, is it? No, I mean, you, you just want to go back to be talking about the football, but it's this period that we've got them, uh, that we've not got any football, you see a lot of stuff happening off the pitch. Um, if you go back to stuff that's happening on the pitch, it's probably just as depressing, isn't it? I mean, the, the league's been gone. Potentially the Scottish Cup's there to play for. I know Jim Orr just keeps... He, he hates the fact that the, the Scottish Cup's potentially coming back. He wants the season over and done with as soon as possible. But it just it's such a, a strange period within Celtic's history right now. You know the rebuild is coming. You know that there's going to be this sort of new era at Celtic but we're just in this period of purgatory right now where no one really knows what's happening and they just want something to talk about and that's why we have at the minute over a thousand people watching us they want to know what's happening at Celtic they want to hear these discussions um, so I mean I, looking at the comment section there's there's clearly fans of other clubs that are watching as well but that that's up to them um, I'm sure they've, maybe some of them's got other things to discuss maybe some of them have uh, other things to celebrate but they choose to watch us instead that, that's that's quite a, a telling sign isn't it Amy? Yeah it certainly is like you say I certainly don't have time to be watching um, other clubs podcasts and that so good luck to them Definitely Now taking a look forward then to the game um, a week on Sunday we spoke earlier about some of the players that could potentially be playing. A name that was in the papers today that actually it gave me a bit of a fright seeing that he's potentially back in the squad for next Sunday is Nir Beaton. Nir Beaton has announced that he's trying to get himself fit for the game. Is there any chance that Nir Beaton gets involved in that squad for the next um, Celtic Rangers game? Where's that one came from? That's... Eh? Um... I sort of came out of the blue. Um, not seen that name in a wee while. It's um, aye, fair, fair play. Um, what, what a bold thing to come out and say as well. Um, 
didn't really see it coming. If he is, then I don't know. Is this him trying to get some game time, looking to, looking to try and get away in the summer? Um, that's the only sort of way that I can see it. If he's, um, I can't see him starting under any under any circumstances. Nope. Um, again, I, I was going to say I probably can't see him making any sort of contribution. Well, with Kennedy subs, I don't know, but um, <laughs> I, I certainly can't see him starting. But well, I certainly like to hope he doesn't. When you take a look at it, I think after the performance in the last game against Rangers, a lot of fans didn't want to see Nier Beaton um, back in a Celtic jersey again. Um, and I think quite a few of them are looking for him to move on in the summer. Now, I always get ribbed for this because we did a podcast about 12, 18 months ago when we took a look at the team of eight in a row. Um, and I actually included Nier Beaton within that because Did he had you? been. Uh, yeah, I had because he was consistent throughout that period. Um, and he, he was always someone that he could turn to. But his regression over that last 18 months has been shocking. Absolutely shocking. And I still see a lot of people saying, well, he is a defender now. He's played in the defender's position um, for that vast amount of time. But for me, I still think he's a midfielder. Um, and I don't want to try and fit a midfielder into the centre-half position. Um, if there's anybody that I want to see making a comeback and being fit for that game against Rangers in about 10 days' time, it's James Forrest. And that was exciting to see him coming off the bench on Sunday, wasn't it? It was. Um, maybe that's your, your trick to light and the one positive that's that's coming out of this week. It is seeing James Forrest back. Again, though, it's just so crucial that he's not rushed. Um I really feel for him. I really hope somewhere that he can get into that Scotland squad because um, that's one that's one guy that really does deserve it. Um, he's had a lot of flack, especially in, in the national side, um, but he really turned up with those it was like five goals in two games or three games or something like that. Went on that we yeah. that we run and and he was he was at the absolute peak um, and he was at his peak before us. And I don't think James Forrest is. I think it's alarming actually how little he's been spoken about this season in the sense that. We, we all sort of talk about Aubrey. What's the difference between last season and this season? A lot of it is Forrest. Um, it just goes to show how big a player that he is. And my God, he takes some amount of flack and some of, some amount of criticism, sorry. But it's been clear that we've missed him. We've looked at the wings and we're constantly going, oh, we, we're missing Mikey Johnson. Ellie Nussi's not cutting it. We're playing Ryan Christie out of position. Well, there's one guy that we do keep missing and it is James Forrest. Um, yeah. So I, it was great to see him back into the walls. But like I said, the, the next thing is, is now just to not rush him. I don't know if the Rangers game's a bit big to be chucking them right back into, um, settling from the start. I, mm-hmm. probably, I probably wouldn't. But he's probably one guy who's, who's buzzing that there's however many days, 10 days or whatever on, until until the game. And he's got that little bit of time to maybe prove to Kennedy. But right now, I would just say it's just all about being precautious and, and just, taking, just taking time, really, not rushing it. Because that is one guy that we are absolutely desperate to get back. It was quite interesting to see the formation change at the weekend. Um, back to that sort of four-two-three-one, um, with sort of Elanusi playing on the left, Christie sort of played on the right, and I think you'd have to go back to that formation if you're going to try and get someone like James Forrest back in the team. He's not going to fit into that diamond formation. Um, so the the two up front thing, you either go back to the three-five-two, which Celtic started um, trying to play a way back last season it was working and then with injuries it just didn't work because you didn't have three defenders that you could call upon to play in that position so you're back to sort of the 4-2-3-1 that we played under Rodgers and that's where we've seen the best out of James Forrest I think he's got something like 60 goals and 60 assists over the last three seasons and taking that out of the team as you say you've missed him desperately Um, but when he came on against uh, Dundee United at the weekend you were excited to see him back but you could tell how long he'd been out of the game. He just yeah. he wasn't getting up to speed. And I don't know if he would start against Rangers in 10 days' time, but it's good to have that option in the squad, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you say, it was just... Everyone sort of rattles on about it with Griffiths as well. There's a difference between fitness and match fitness. And the only way he is going to get up to match speed is playing matches. But do I think a game against Rangers is, is the game to do that? Personally, I don't. Um, just the fact that it's still so early and in, in to getting this this transition back to, to match fitness right. Um, but like you say, it is just great to see him back. Um, and like I say, he, just, he gets a fair bit of flack, but my God, we've missed him. Now, when you look ahead to the games like this, there's always 
one sort of surprising element to the team selection. There always seems to be when you play against Rangers, you get that sort of one player that comes in and you go, well, they've they've come out of the blue. It's been either Lewis Morgan up front in the, the League Cup final. Um, you take a look back to the game in October, Patrick Clamalla, we've seen Fred, Mikey Johnson up front, Stephen Welsh coming in. Can you see... Can you? Well, I was going to say, can you see the surprise? Can you predict the surprise of the selection that would probably come in? Could it be Ismail Asoro? Is it James Forrest? Is it near Beaton? I, I don't... I'm not just letting Beaton because everything happened in the last um, <laughs> Glasgow derby, but I just... He's just sort of not been anywhere in recent times. I think I, I, it's quite sad actually that we're saying that Soros probably a little bit would be a surprise start, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, it, it's the case. It's the case of things right now that, that Brown has been on a little bit of a run. I don't know. It's um, like you say, it's, it's impossible to predict. I'd have liked to have met anyone that could have predicted Kamala starting or Johnson up top or when or when Welsh was in defence. So. It could be God knows. It could be absolutely anybody. It could be Ewan Henderson starts or something like that. I don't know. Even I don't even know. It, um, I don't think I'd like James Forrest in there. I don't. I'd love if it is. Then I'd like to be proven wrong again. But um, I just think it's a little bit too soon, too big. Hasboy1888 saying the surprise is the game will not be played. And we're going to go on the basis that the game will be played. Um, and for me, I think the potential one could be Barkas I think you might see Barkas coming back in um, for the reason being that I think I don't think Scott Bain's put a foot wrong right? I definitely don't think he's put a foot wrong but nose was in the right place his nose basically said that I don't know what position he's in if he's broke that nose or what it could be but I really <laughs> wouldn't be surprised to see Barkas coming back in the goalkeeper always seems to be something that we chopped and changed through this season um, Neil Lennon said Scott Bain was his number one but who's John Kennedy's? Like you say, it's a lottery, it really is. And that's not just the the goalkeeper, it's a lottery absolutely everywhere. But could be right, could be Barkas, could be Connor Hazard. It's frightening, like you say, we're in March and we're not actually too sure who's this season's number one. <laughs> it's quite, it just sums up how the season is going. Um, David Kelly coming back and saying great plan, bring Barkas in after cl- two clean sheets for Bain for us not to beat Rangers and Barkas to be the whipping boy again that would be mental management uh, do you know what, I agree with you, I absolutely agree with you but there's it, just something telling me that he's back involved in the squad they've started mentioning him again I, I expect to see him in the goal at some point between now and the end of the season and it generally wouldn't surprise me if it was the game against Rangers I think that Gen- Kennedy's going to give him a run of games between now and the end of the season I'm not even going to predict anything at this stage. I'm really not. I could. Uh, I'm just going to have like my head on a stick. It could be absolutely anything. It really could. That, that's just the way this season has gone. Um, and you know what? There's probably going to be even more happening in the world of Celtic between now and 12:30 tomorrow, um, when John uh, Paul John will be back alongside John Paul Mason and Declan McConville hosting the Celtic State of Mind Bulletin. Amy, you have a show coming up on Sunday on the Soccer Supernova. If anyone hasn't seen it yet, um, who do you have coming up this Sunday at 8 o'clock? This Sunday, I have Paul Cherry coming up. And honestly, I I do think it's one of my favourite ones. It was definitely one of the the favourite ones that I'd filmed um, a few weeks ago now. But he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. You don't hear a lot of my voice. It's it's a really, really great interview. (laughs) Um, That's ones that you know have went well. But he's brilliant. He just tells so many good stories. He was at Hearts, um, then at St. Johnson as well. And I think the real the real interesting bit is his, is his career after football. Um, he's really open. He's out in sunny Spain. He does like to, to mention that a few a few times. And, and honestly, he was just like one of those really good football guys. Um, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that one. So, yeah, tune into that for sure. And Thanks for letting the plug. <laughs> You're welcome. That's Sunday, eight o'clock on a state of mind. Um, I'll be back on Friday morning um, for the football insomniac. It wasn't on today. We had a bit of a scheduling issue with the the guest that was supposed to be in, but I'll be back on Friday. But I'll be joined by a Celtic state of mind's Laura Bradburn, and we'll take a look through the week's football, taking a look at the European adventures, and a lot more to talk about. But we will be back on a Celtic state of mind tomorrow, as I said. Um, Paul John will be joined by John Paul. It's easier said when you kind of slow it down. Um, And Declan McConville. But until then, everybody, stay safe.
Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network.